0: Fireheart peered through the windows in the two-leg nest. The space inside looked curiously dark and empty. He jumped as a door slammed, making a strange echoing bang like a thunderclap. He began to feel alarmed. What is it? asked Stanstorm nervously as Fireheart leaped down to the fence, his tail fluffed up. There's something going on. The nest is empty. Stay there, he ordered. I'm going to have a closer look. He crept across the garden, keeping low. As he neared the door to the two-legged nest, he heard paw-steps behind him. He spun around and saw a sandstorm, her face tense but determined. He nodded at her, silently agreeing she could stay with him if she wanted, then turned towards the door again. Just then, the loud rumble of a monster started up. Fireheart slipped down to the passage that skirted one side of the nest. His fur bristled with fear, but he kept going until he had reached the end of the pathway. He peered out from the shadows to where bright sunshine flooded a treeless maze of two-leg nests and pathways. He felt Sandstorm panting at his side, her pelt lightly brushing his. Look, he hissed. A gigantic monster, almost as big as a two-leg nest, stood on the thunderpath. The deafening growl was coming from the belly of the monster. Both cats flinched as another door to the nest clattered shut just around the corner from them. Fireheart saw twoleg walking toward the monster with something swinging from its hand. It looked like a den woven from brittle dead stems. Through the hard mesh at one end of the den, Fireheart could see a soft white pelt. He peered closer and felt his heart lurch as he recognized the face behind the mesh, its eyes stretched wide with terror. It was Cloudpaw! Hi, my name is Spencer Grant, but you may also know me as Philip Crossman because I do live in England and I have to come up with like a fake British sounding name for people to think that I do live here Um, because I don't know if you've heard, but like this country is racist and they do not like Americans very much. Uh, And I don't really blame them considering who we have representing our government right now. That's right. More politics on the Warrior Cats podcast. This is going to go over well. Not like, uh, yeah. Okay, um, how am I doing? It's very generous of you to ask, so thank you very much for doing that. I'm doing okay. Uh, I haven't had much work recently, which means more time to spend building portfolios and thinking about warrior cats. Um, and I'm just kind of vibrating, you know, as they say. People still say that, right? I, I don't know like what year it is anymore, to be honest. I've like kind of lost track. Um, but yeah, I'm vibrating. I'm dealing with, with, uh, there's like, I know it's a very cliched thing here in England to talk about the weather, but I am Philip Crossman. So, you know, whatever, I'm allowed to be cliche. Um, it's like kind of chilly here in England. I know, what you're th- yeah, chilly. Oh my gosh, please don't say it ain't so. Um, but like, actually it's not like a, a comfortable, like fun chili where you go outside and you wear a scarf and you can like see your breath whenever you exhale. It's like a weird chili where like. Uh, You go outside and you wear a jacket and you go to the aquarium to look at fishies with uh, a friend of yours and then when you get to the aquarium you realize that it's actually super humid and you should be taking your jacket off but you don't want to take it off because you got like a little patch on your jacket that has two dolphins that are a heart. And, uh, also you're worried that you smell bad underneath the the jacket. So you don't take the jacket off because you're worried that like, you know, if you, granted the jacket will probably make you perspire more, but like also it might also be able to trap, um, the bad smell that comes from you, uh, from not using enough perfume that morning. So like, you know, not saying that some, you know, something like that, um, it's it's a weird like place to be honestly i i moved to england because i i love cold weather and i was in i was under the impression that they had cold weather here but unfortunately i forgot to take into account the fact that the human body adjusts to things so like now i'm far less used to the heat when it does happen and um also winter isn't happening all year which is another thing that i thought was going to be true but it turns out it isn't so In all likelihood, what's going to happen next is I'm going to pack up, move to Chicago or maybe Sweden, but honestly, England sounds like a wash, all right? Don't move here for the weather. Trust me, it's not worth it, even if you do like the rain. It doesn't rain often enough, like, seriously. Everybody here complains about the rain, and then, like, it rains, like, maybe twice a month, and it's like, oh, it's the worst thing in the world. I'm British. Hello, it's me, Paul McCartney. (laughs) Sorry. I i can't do a real british accent i promise i'm just not gonna do it on this podcast unless i'm making fun of them because like that's my prerogative i live here i've earned it (laughs) you guys have been so mean to me (laughs) um okay let's talk about this book we uh we are four trees we're a, a warrior cats retrospective podcast um and today we're talking about warrior cats season one book four Uh, Rising Storm. Rising Storm is a book about Fireheart trying to deal with responsibility. It's a book about Bluestar having a crisis of faith. It's a book about Cloudpaw getting traumatized and that being a good thing apparently. Um, There's a lot going on here so let's just get right into it after you know six minutes of talking about absolute and utter nonsense. Um, So as Fireheart gets used to the duties of being the clan's deputy, he still finds himself fretting over the warning that Tiger left after being exiled from the camp. It's kind of hard for him to settle into deputy life as he deals with growing pressure from Cloudpaw's training and the duty that Blue Star has imparted on him. Uh, Blue Star, who is having a crisis of faith after what happened last time, she's like, Why do I keep choosing bad deputies? And it's like, Well, well. Okay, you did choose a pretty bad one, man. um But they go to the Moonstone, and Blue Star and Fireheart are like on their way there. And then a bunch of Wind Clan warriors are like, hey, what's up? It's us, Wind Clan. Also, you can't go to the Moonstone. We're not letting you. Please stop doing that. And Blue Star is like anguished, honestly. They have to go to the gathering later on, and he's like, got a. Fireheart's trying to deal with like all of the stuff that happened in the last book. You know the attacks from the rogues, Tiger Claw's betrayal, the dealio with you know Graystripe, which he's still kind of grappling with. Um, and to make matters worth, wor- to make matters worse, I'm sorry about that. I promise I'll never stutter again on this podcast. <laughs> sorry. Um... To make matters worse, a pair of Shadow Clan warriors are later discovered on Thunder Clan territory. And the Shadow Clan warriors are like, yeah, there's like a bunch of really bad stuff happening. Shadow Clan is basically like completely decimated. The leader is really sick. The deputy is basically dead. Like, there's nothing we can do. Thunder Clan is forced to turn them away, because Yellowfang is like, yo, I know what happened with you guys, you probably ate some of the bad rats, didn't you? You shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Why'd you do that? Um, and uh, Fireheart and Sandstorm escort them back to their territory, but they ha- also discover a tunnel beneath the Thunderpath to the Clan territory. That might be useful later, thinks Fireheart, because ThunderClan is kind of boxed in by the boundaries, you know. Like every river clan could just cross a river, but Thunder Clan can't cross theirs, and Shadow Clan apparently had this tunnel the whole time. But you know, Thunder Clan was trying to use the Thunder Path like idiots. So, you know, that's that's definitely like useful. I'm sure that'll come in useful in a later date. Um, the two of them head back to camp, and Sandstorm, who is, you know, kinda into Fireheart, is like, hey Fireheart. Do you want to spend some time with me? And Fireheart is like, no, I got to train Cloudpaw some more because like he's starting to get a little bit useless. I do not think that I'm being a very good mentor in addition to Deputy because being a Deputy is hard and I got to focus on everything. So um, Fireheart is uh, training Cloudpaw and they have a little bit of a tiff. And then Cloudpaw goes out hunting. Fireheart follows him and he realizes that Cloudpaw is secretly going to the two-leg place and being fed by the two legs. This breaks my kitty-bitty heart. It's so sad. So he goes to Sandstorm, right? And he gets, he's like, Sandstorm, you're basically the only person that I trust now that Graystripe is gone. And Sandstorm is like, hey, please don't remind me that I'm second fiddle. I already kind of feel like that a lot. And Fireheart is like, cool, I'm not going to remember you said that. So anyway, what should I do about Cloudpaw? And Sandstorm is all like, yo, just tell him that he's got to choose. Because like, that's the truth. It's against the warrior code. You can't live with one paw in one world and with one paw in another. It's just not like something that they do. So Fireheart is like, hmm, I don't like that answer. I'm going to go to the River Clan border. I'm going to see my friend Graystripe. Hopefully he's there. Only to find out that Cinderpaw is there and she's been secretly treating the six Shadow Clan cats. So he's like, alright, Cinderpaw, I, I feel guilty about the re- uh, being the reason why you uh, got hurt in the first place. How about this? I'll keep it a secret, I'll help you feed them, but they gotta get out of here as soon as possible. And Cinderpaw is like, these terms are agreeable to me, let's do this. On his way back to the clan, he bumps into Sandstorm, who's like, hey, where's Cloudpaw? And the two go looking for him. The two arrive at the two-leg place to find the thing that I said at the beginning. Cloudpaw has been taken away by the two legs. Distraught, Fireheart chases after them and then bemoans to Sandstorm. He's like, geez, now that Cloudpaw's gone, I don't have anybody in the clan except for you, I guess. And Sandstorm is like, dude, stop saying stuff like that. And uh, Fireheart Returns to camp after upsetting Sandstorm, confessing Cloudpaw's fate to Blue Star, and then later on he receives an omen from Spotted Leaf that it needs to uh take a he takes to be a warning about the Shadow Clan warriors that Cinderpaw is taking care of. So Fireheart goes to Cinderpaw, and Cinderpaw's like, dude, stop thinking about Spotted Leaf all the time. It's so weird. she's been dead for like three days for like three years, and you only spoke to her twice. It's it's just to stop it and uh and he's she's also like by the way sandstorm is like really into you do something about it uh i can believe the exact verbiage is uh, very very fond of him so Heart ruminates on this and as the summer turns into drought and blue stars depression worsens it is the thought of sandstorm that slakes his thirst sorry that was gross i didn't realize that it was until it already left my mouth so uh essentially let's see i forget where i was now uh i think his his thirst was slaked or is it sluk i'm not entirely sure that's a bad word um one day as he goes to uh to check and ensure that the shadow clan cats have gone he runs into gray stripe along the border and the two of them are like reminiscing about their times together and then fireheart returns to camp to confirm to cinderpaw that the shadow clan cats left However, the two barely have time to catch up before a group of cats run into the camp, warning of an attack. Fireheart and Whitestorm take charge and find that the ShadowClan cats from earlier are standing in front of Running Wind's body. Furiously, Fireheart chases him out into the Thunderpath where the ShadowClan warrior is struck by a car. Fireheart dashes out, realizing what he's done, and discovers that Tigerclaw is responsible for the attack. A fierce battle ensues and the ThunderClan cats only merely ba- barely make it through thanks to a providential RiverClan patrol coming to their aid. Fireheart is still troubled, wondering about why he scented ShadowClan cats along with Tigerclaw's rogues gallery. He drags the ShadowClan cat's body to the ShadowClan side of the Thunderpath and heads back home to uh, try to coax Bluestar out of her doom spiral after losing Running Wind, you know. Uh, Shortly afterwards, while patrolling the ThunderClan territory, Fireheart and Sandstorm encounter Ravenpaw, who has come to tell Fireheart about having spotted a ThunderClan cat out by his farm. Fireheart realizes that it might be Cloudpaw, so the three of them go on an adventure to rescue him. They find Cloudpaw in the 2 leg home and manage to help him escape and return to the clan. Though he is greeted with some suspicion, Bluestar grants her approval for him to join, and he is welcomed back as an apprentice once more. That night, Fireheart dreams of a fire, and awakens to realize the entire camp is burning. Panicking, the clan evacuates and is taken in by RiverClan, though not without the losses of Patchpelt and possibly Yellowfang and Halftail. While ThunderClan is battered and bruised, Fireheart takes solace in spending time with Graystripe, who introduces Fireheart to Silverstream's kits, The two of them venture back into the forest to search for Halftail and Yellowfang, and while they find Yellowfang alive, she dies shortly after, while giving Fireheart some kind parting words. Fireheart, who has just been heartbroken for so much of this book, returns to ThunderClan with the news, and Bluestar calls them back to the camp now that the fire has been put out. They return to the camp, and Fireheart tries to organize the recovery, while Bluestar declares that she no longer trusts StarClan. Fireheart, again does his best to keep things together and after Blue Star refuses to go to the gathering, he brings Thunder Clan with her in her, pla- uh, in, in her place. While there he makes peace with Wind Clan because he was like trespassing on their territory earlier and he joins the leaders on the great rock to await Shadow Clan's arrival. However, when Shadow Clan pours into the clearing at four trees, it is revealed they have a new leader, Tiger Claw. Ooh. Okay, so what's there to say about this book that hasn't been said already? I'll tell you what. This book taught me a word. That's right, me, Spencer, the world's greatest speaker of English, have learned some things from this book, Warrior Cats, that I have read. Uh, It taught me the word churlish, which is uh, in reference, it's a word meant to be used in reference to surly behavior. Uh, So thank you for that, Aaron Hunter. I don't learn words very often. The last word that I uh, learned was feldspar, which was um, a word used to describe a certain type of rock that had a certain amount of ferrous content inside of it. So I appreciate um, being able to uh, understand more things. You know what they say, the master fails more times than the beginner ever tries and um, it's good to have uh, failed to understand something so that I can understand it again when I look at the word. So, thank you for that. Um, okay, for real. Uh, one thing that caught me immediately upon reading this was that um, the Shadow Clan cats, like, there's a prologue. Uh, where they're talking about the sickness in ShadowClan, but they want to be vague about it, so all the ShadowClan cats refer to each other by rank instead of by name. And it's, like, kind of weird, because it is pretty obvious that it's ShadowClan cats. Like, I know that they want us to think, like, oh, these are cats from so long ago, but, like, it's pretty clear, like... And, and basically, they're always like, how is our leader doing? Instead of saying, like, how's Nightstar or something like that. It's just, it's it's it doesn't feel naturalistic unless, like, it's part of Shadow Clan culture to only refer to people by their rank in the clan, which would be an interesting wrinkle if it was ever, like, explored in any case. And it might be in the future. Um, and I might just not have been paying any attention to it until now. They did do a thing later on where um, when they revealed that Tigerclaw was the leader, they were like, oh, yes, our leader has died. And, uh, you know, there, we have a new leader and they did very pointedly not refer to him by name, which I guess was like for the suspense of it so that, you know, the reader wouldn't be able to to know straight out that it was Tiger Claw. But like, you know, that's, uh, it it was just interesting. I only noted it down because it was like basically the first thing that came into my mind when I read the book. I'm like, why are they, why are they not calling each other by name? That seems weird to me. Um... Okay, but the the other thing that I think uh, my major takeaway from this book, aside from like the big anxiety that uh, Fireheart has over being a deputy, and um, you know the the depression that Blue Star is, is going through, is uh, Bramblekit. That's right. The legend continue. Um, Bramblekit and like uh, how he ties into the like the the whole the whole Cloudpaw story is, I think, probably the biggest driving force of this. Um, Fireheart's basically, like, the the deal with Cloudpaw kind of came to a head, where Fireheart was spending the last couple of books wondering if he would ever adjust to clan life, and sure enough, you know, this is where we find out. Will he adjust to clan life? Will he return to the two legs? And, uh, while we were initially disappointed with him, you know, we get this fun trauma going on. Um, and it is, I, I, it, yeah, he's, so... The, the Cloud Paw situation, thank you for sitting through the stuttering, by the way. The Cloud Paw situation is interesting for sure. Um, I, I think I mentioned before in Raven Paw about how, in regards to Raven Paw, about how the clan life isn't really for every cat. And uh, I thought that using Cloud Paw as an exploration for that was an interesting choice. And I think it works well compared to how easy and cut and dry Fireheart's decision to leave his life as a kitty pet was. Cause like uh, he, you know, I talked about this. Fireheart took like three seconds to decide whether he wanted to stay in the forest or become a kitty pet. Cloudpot didn't really have a choice, um, and Cloudpot, upon figuring it out, suddenly had to deal with the fact that you know he wasn't really accepted in the clan, and he he wouldn't have to deal with that, which is stuff that Fireheart has been kind of very quietly grappling with throughout these books. Um, he, he said some interesting stuff uh, in regards to that situation when he was uh, thinking about how Cloudpaw's allegiances lie. Because it, it, it seems like half of the reason why he likes having Cloudpaw around is because he treats, he kind of objectifies Cloudpaw. He, he treats Cloudpaw as a symbol that you don't have to be born in the forest to be a good warrior. And it seems like Fireheart is basically using Cloudpaw to prove to himself that he belongs to in Thunderclan to begin with. He wants to like prove that kitty pets can make it and that he's not some magical exception and that not all warriors are warriors and not all kitty pets are kitty pets. Um, and on that level, I feel like Fireheart realizing that Cloudpaw might not belong in ThunderClan may, may make him feel as though he doesn't belong in ThunderClan either. He doesn't have any family in the clan, and like throughout this book, he's not particularly well-liked by some of the more vocal clan members. And Fireheart really wants to feel like he belongs. It's like basically what he does. He uh, kind of outright says that when he pisses off Sandstorm at the end of the chapter where Cloudpaw is kidnapped, He's like Cloudpaw is the only family I have. You warriors have each other. Th- that Cloudpaw is everything to me. And Sandstorm is like, whoa, I want I want to be everything to you." Babe, you know, and uh that's um I I'll get into Sand Sandstorm later uh because that is she she is pretty interesting, but like, you know, it is something to think about. Um Cloudpaw is basically a personified version of Fireheart's sense of belonging. Um <clears throat> I'm not. Th- this was uh, another part. Like basically, when Cloudpaw got kidnapped, uh, Blue Star kind of shrugged it off, and she was like, "Well, you know, StarClan's will." And uh, at the, at the time, I was like, "That's that's freaking weak." And um, as I think about it more, like I think it, it is. It's still kind of weak, and it doesn't seem to me like something Blue Star would say if she is str- uh, struggling with StarClan so deeply as she is normally. But also like. You know it's not i don't know this book is also partially about blue star's crisis with star clan like she doesn't she's having a crisis of faith uh at the end of the book she basically renounces them uh but like you know fireheart has to keep that secret because he doesn't want all the clan cats to know that because you know not all the clan cats share blue star's opinion um and uh i i figured you know when when she was when cloud got abducted and blue star was like star clan has a plan for every cat and he'll be happier with the two legs i was like that is a dangerous mentality and i did not appreciate when fireheart kind of slipping into it when he's filling ravenclaw in on tiger claws doings because like fireheart's kind of like oh yeah you know don't i wouldn't worry about tiger claw because you know i star clan is with me i have the power of god and anime on my side and, um, you know, at, at least like there's some telling, at least I appreciate that he's kind of filling in the same opinion as his mentor, because Blue Star is basically a mother figure in this in these books. And uh, it was kind of cute to see that. But um, I, I just, you know, the Star Clan crisis of faith thing. I don't know, perhaps I'm not religious, as I've said many times before, um, but it's difficult for me to, I would say, relate to. Uh, because there has never been a point in my life where I have believed in a deity. Like, terrible things have happened to me. Unspeakable, horrible things, um, have happened to me. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to laugh about that. Um, but, like, you know, bad things have happened, and at no point in my life have I ever sought comfort in the arms of, like, thinking that this is all part of a greater plan. I would rather have no god than a malevolent one, and, uh... I guess that's kind of where blue star ends up, but like faith is a very big thing in these series and it is explored pretty heavily. So I, um, am kind of like on the outside looking in and at least to me as a human, it doesn't seem that compelling. Uh, but you know, there is also the factor that star clan is essentially real and, uh, they become even more real towards the end of the series. Like, it's not even like they're physically existing or something like that, but like, you know, whatever. um, I think the resolution to the whole Cloudpaw thing was, like, okay. Uh, I thought it was an interesting choice. It was... <laughs> interesting is is about as polite as I can get to it. I, I do think that it was legitimately interesting. I just don't think it would have been the one that I made. I kind of hoped that he would, like, find his way back on his own and be forever changed. Uh, and I, I think that being rescued by Fireheart is a little bit of a weaker conclusion. And even though this is Fireheart's story, I would have liked to see... Cloudpaw actually prove himself to be competent for the first time since he was Cloud Kit. and he does later on kind of prove himself to be competent while he's like fixing up the camp but I was I- I'm unsure as to what extent that's uh, Cloudpaw is good now versus Cloudpaw is mourning the death of the clan elders who basically raised him and accepted him when no one else did which like I, I could definitely feel for him towards the end of the book I was really kind of I like got chills when uh, Yellowfang died because like she was there at the beginning she basically raised us you know uh she helped fire Fireheart become a clan member she was good to uh cinder heart cinder sorry cinder pelt and uh everybody else and like you know it was just it was awful sad to see her go and i'm glad she had the chance to get like a good few dying words in there but like man it was uh it was it was disheartening for sure um Which, you know, so now I'm going to talk about Bramble Kit. Because, like, this was a part of the story that I thought was funny. But, like, also a little bit weird. Um, Because, like, Fireheart was basically constantly describing how uncomfortable Bramble Kit made. Like, have you ever seen that meme where it's like, you know, a baby sure stare a lot for someone who doesn't know how to fight. That was basically Fireheart for this entire book whenever Bramble Kit was concerned. Like, there was a passage early on where it's like, his mind, world, dark thoughts... sorry his mind world his dark thoughts unfolded sinister wings inside of him and it's like it is a child fireheart calm down and it's it's um partially i guess my issue with it uh comes down to me never being unsure of how to deal with the whole like child the bad guy arc stuff like i don't know that i've ever known of a real life situation wherein the child of a bad human raised away from that person has come up independently with the same ideas as the bad human um, and I think that it's a lot weaker as a point uh, when you have Cloudpaw and Fireheart so heavily contrasted with Cloudpaw being his kin, but still so different in so many ways that you wouldn't be able to tell that they're related. And I was like, why does, why does Bramblekit have to deal with this from Fireheart, who is ostensibly one of the smarter cats in the clan? And like, even it's even said later in the book that the duty of raising kits traditionally falls more upon the queen than the tom that fathered them. You know, when Fireheart is mourning Gray absence, he's like, well, he could come back. We did not want his kids. Why does he want to be around his kids? Doesn't make sense. So like the sense that I got from the whole Bramble kit thing was that like Fireheart, who, you know, initially seemed to be pretty emotionally mature, probably isn't as much as we thought he was. And some of that probably has to you know comes down to protagonism you know when you're a protagonist you sometimes will have to be a little bit stupid sometimes for the story to you know catch up um and uh sometimes that's just kind of how things are and also you know he's an adult now i'm less willing to forgive his transgressions as i was when he was a kid so that's kind of where i come out on it um bramble kit the legend continue as i would you know that's uh just about where it is um one of the real MVPs of this book was Whitestorm. I think he was a good replacement for Graystripe, though I know that nothing will ever replace the Graystripe-shaped hole in Fireheart's heart. Uh, it was nice to see at least one cat act rationally. The more we're getting into Fireheart's adult age, the more judgy I am of him. Um, and honestly, if Fireheart hadn't been around, I could see Whitestorm being the deputy. I, uh, I do not know why Blue Star chose Tigerclaw over Whitestorm to begin with, Cause you know, in the last book, Blue Star was like, "Yeah, he's just like Thistleclaw, man. That guy sucked." And it's like, okay, why, why would you want him to be your deputy, though? But like, White Storm is being a good guy. He's looking after Blue Star. He's looking after the clan. He's reassuring Fireheart. Uh, he, he stood vigil with Blue blue, Heart, blue Star as running past passed, which I thought was pretty good. But then, like, Graystripe kind of comes back for all of two seconds, and he tackled Fireheart like he did when they first met, and it was so cute, and I loved it. But, yeah, uh, Whitestorm was an MVP. Another MVP, um, definitely Cinderpelt. Uh, Cinderpelt came out with this anti spotted leaf rhetoric, which I was, like, waiting for for so long, <laughs> it's like it's so weird that Spotted Leaf is still a big thing, and, and like it, I, I don't know. She never felt very naturally attached to him in the first book. Like it, it's it felt so one sided, um, and this idea that Spotted Leaf is coming to Fireheart in dreams is just a little bit silly to me. Like I would love to think that Spotted, Fireheart is just like willing her into her his dreams because he's so obsessed with her. Um, and I love Cinderpelt coming out and being like, "You talk about her as if she is still alive." Why can't you let her rest with StarClan? I know she was special to you, but remember what Yellowfang said to me when I couldn't stop thinking about Silverstream. Put your energy into today. Stop worrying about the past. And Fireheart's like, what's wrong with remembering Spottedleaf? And, And Cinderpelt's like, because while you're dreaming about her, there's another cat, a living one, right under your nose, whom you should be thinking about instead. Uh, Which brings me to Sandstorm, who is another MVP of this freaking book, man. I am so glad that Sandstorm is finally starting to play in the story. I like how long it's taken to get to this point. I think that it makes the romance and the associated feelings feel very natural. Um, I also like how she regularly challenges Fireheart, even in cases where the answer is pretty cut and dry. What if we did leave Cladpaw in the two-leg place? Can we really risk being away from our camp? Uh, I think that, you know, Cinder. I think that uh, Sandstorm is a good character and I'm glad that like she's worked her way into uh, the love interest like really organically far more than spotted leaf um, I thought that was pretty cool uh-huh. So what does this book mean for the series? How is this going to affect this going forward? Well, for starters, Blue Star has depression now. That's kind of a big deal. Um I'm kind of curious as to how Cloudpaw's trauma is going to affect him going forward. Like I want to say that it will affect him quite a lot, but also I'm scared that it won't cuz like you know, I'm I'm not sure <laughs> to what extent uh how much thought goes into the side characters um aside from you know making Cinderpelt and Yellowfang fang and costello and by the way no more yellow fang that's pretty sad i am not pleased about that that is not very cash money at all uh cinder pelt's gonna feel this fireheart's gonna feel this she's just a lot of fun and i'm gonna miss her dearly um tiger tiger star obviously you know big thing uh he's probably gonna do some evil stuff you know it um fireheart may not be quite as mature as we thought uh i i just want to throw that in there right obviously the bramble kit like he did end up saving bramble kit but like come on the fact that he spent like so much time in the book saying like oh this kit freaks me out he's spooky he looks just like his daddy is like a little bit eh, as if iffy, man um he also may feel like he doesn't belong in the forest cuz like i don't know we're getting a lot of vibes like that now where you know he's starting to there are definitely people in the clan that tr- sorry cats in the clan that trust him But there are also definitely cats in the clan that don't, and it's a little bit um and also uh fireheart and sandstorm slow burn of course i'm so into that i was really happy that like it took this long to get it to here i don't know i i if you like read a lot of ya books they'll most a lot of the times they'll end with you know the main character getting paired up or like for there being a definite interest between the main character and another person like it's some kind of reward for you know doing being a good person but in this like i appreciate how long it took to get to that i like the slow burn it was really good um, last thing I like to do before my parting words is talk about the Warrior Code violations. Uh, there weren't so many in this book, surprisingly. Um, Cloudpaw did not reject the soft life of a pet, but he learned his lesson. Uh, and Fireheart and Sandstorm did trespass into WindClan territory to save Cloudpaw, and ThunderClan cats did hunt in the RiverClan territory after the fire. But, like, a lot of that was state-sanctioned, so, like, you know, I'm not, like i don't know I'm, I'm not counting too many it was surprising for sure but i'm really proud of all of the cats in this book for managing to not um break the freaking rules uh there was the minor issue with cinderpelt and shadow clan cats but like again i don't really count the transgressions that are done by the non-main characters so like i'll forgive it for now um so yeah that's all i have for this week's uh four trees I should say, this podcast is going to get a huge upgrade once we start getting more people in. I'm putting together the assets for it right now, and it looks freaking great. So, uh, if you're listening to this from the future, hi, this is what it used to be like. Can you believe it? And if you're listening to this in the now, trust me, man, in like three weeks, you're going to see it's going to be freaking great. Um, In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. I've been Spencer. You've been fantastic, beautiful, and I love you and take care. Bye. Wait, should I do like a thing?